Hi, we're Katie, Jessica, and Shannon, and this is Boy Problems Podcast, a community focused on supporting families navigating substance use disorder. We hope sharing our stories, introducing you to experts, and answering all the questions you have no one else to ask will help you better navigate your story. Through our partners' recoveries, we found each other and formed our own squad, one we know is so valuable to how we manage this disease in our relationships. So we started bringing a microphone to our hangouts to extend our conversations to others just like us. When you're here, you're not alone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Today, we're talking about depression. (laughs) Uplifting topic. Yes. We, uh, we spoke to Jessica quite a bit, um, on a couple different occasions about her anxiety. And so we thought it would be a good topic to bring up depression. It's something that I deal with and it's something that I kind of newly deal with. I didn't really know it. So I think it's an interesting topic, a topic that's not talked about often <laughs> like addiction and all mental health things. So here we go. You said that you haven't always dealt with depression. Yeah. Uh, Like how did, when did it surface for you? Like what is the kind of origin story when you realized you had it? Like just at the beginning. I have probably for a long time had depression, but never really realized it. So, uh, found out I was pregnant uh, a few months into finding out that my husband of nine years, uh, had a heroin addiction, a secret heroin addiction. And so had our first child, uh, just right before he celebrated a year sober, uh, our daughter had colic. And so for seven months she screamed, uh, again, it was like, who's this guy? I didn't even necessarily know if I wanted to like be with him or if I would be with him or if he would be alive. Um, my daughter would scream, uh, Kim and would go to meetings like six nights a week because he's in early recovery and meetings are his medicine. Like he, like he gets a lot out of meetings. And so it was just a lot of no sleeping. I had started a job. Like I I quit my job like a week before I was supposed to go back from attorney leave. And I started a new job, um, like a month or so after that. So, um, so it was a new job. So I didn't want to, you know, you know, you want to look good in a new job. Uh, so it was a new job. My, you know, baby was in daycare. She never slept. I was panicked all the time that daycare, like in the forms you had to fill out. It said like, basically if you have a colicky baby, like we're not going to take care of your child. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I was, I mean, I was constantly like so nervous. Like I tried all the things, all the swaddles, all the baby Merlin's magic sleep suit. I mean, that was for any parent who has gone through a baby with colic. It is an effing nightmare. Like, and also I didn't, I was not open to getting help. I don't, um, it's just not something that comes naturally to me. Um, so didn't, uh, you know, I didn't ask either side, his side or my side to come help. Um, that just isn't in me. So, um, so yeah, so it probably started there. Um, and then, uh, then fast forward to baby number two. Um, my kids are three years apart. 
And so had my second kid and, um, I love support groups of all kind. My hospital, uh, <laughs> my hospital offered like a fourth trimester or postpartum support group. Um, so it was right after I was trying to breastfeed with my second one. So it was literally like right after. So I'd go in like the support group of like, um, breastfeeding, which was fun. And then I would go like to the next room over and I would go in the postpartum group. And I was for the first six, 10 weeks of my second kid's life, I was panicked because I was like, when overall she was a good baby, but I was so panicked of when the, the switch was going to be flipped of, uh, she was just going to start screaming and she wouldn't stop. Um, and I remember, uh, going, I think it was at like my, Oh no, it wasn't. Um, I had went to see my doctor, I think at like seven or eight weeks postpartum. And I was just talking to her and I was like, I, I don't know if I'm depressed. I don't like, I don't know and blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of crying and I like was so resistant to get on a pill, like to get medicine that I would need to rely on something. Like, I can't feel that bad, like blah, blah, blah. Um, and the thing that she said to me was, if I told you that your that you needed a pill for your heart, you would believe me, right? And I was like, yes. And she was like, I think maybe, and she was like, you don't have to be on this forever, but maybe you just needed to get you over the hump. And so that was very helpful. And then again, it somehow related, it was like on the same flipping day as the postpartum postpartum support group. And, um, one, one mom was like, oh yeah, no, I'm on medicine, blah, blah. And she was like, listen, she's like, you don't know how bad you feel until you like for her, she didn't know how bad she felt until she started taking medication. And it just felt totally different for her. Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense. Like, I mean, sometimes when you're just like living like it day in and day out, you're just like, oh, I guess this is what it, this is what it is. Like, I'm sure there are people who feel so much worse and that can kind of prevent you from getting help. And it has to be some sort of just like a weight off or like relief, or I I can't imagine the moment that you realize like, Oh, wow, I was feeling really bad. Like, did you have a moment like that once where you realized a difference? So no, it, it, for, for, for me, like it was, it wasn't like a, I think I'm on like 300 milligrams right now and they start you out like a hundred or 150 or something like that. And so I started at 150. It didn't really feel like it made a difference. And then there was a next bump up. And I think I, I felt a little bit different, but it was, it wasn't like a light switch of where like I'm in bed, I'm crying all the time to, Oh, I'm taking 300 milligrams. And now I feel like I'm walking on rainbows. Like there was never a moment of that. Um, but I, I was on like Lexapro and then I, we, I had, I, I didn't, things were happening. And so I didn't like that. And so I, uh, got off of that to, and went to Wellbutrin, which I'm now on. And there was a, um, a few days where I had to be sober or like have nothing in me. And I mean, it probably all was the effect of the drugs as well in my brain, but I was like, holy shit. Like I just could not stop crying. I mean, it was, it felt very different. So maybe the switch was when it was off Yeah, <laughs> was when I felt a big difference and not the ramping up. Um, but I, I remember vividly telling Kim in like, 
Cause I just like, I couldn't like crying. It's just not in me. That's just not something that's typically me. And, uh, I remember telling him like, is this, is this how I feel? Is, is this what the medicine is covering up that I feel so bad that I can't even like, I couldn't even function that cause I was just so sad and I felt so awful, um, for those few days. Um, I don't really know that answer and it's probably a combination of all the things, but yeah. When I was postpartum, I had this moment where I like knew that things were really bad. Like I, I knew I had no choice, like the thoughts I was having or like, I mean, not to be like uh, dramatic, but I was basically feeling like everything would be easier if I just wasn't here. And I would like, I didn't like want to die, but I felt like dying would be easier than living. And I've never felt like that before, but it was like, when I started having those thoughts, when I was like, this, I can't do this. Like, this is really hard. And I was feeling like life was just like really, really tedious. Did you ever feel like that? Or was yours like, was yours different than that? I don't know. I've never asked someone who also had like postpartum depression before what that was like for them. Yeah. I, um, I think if I reflect back, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it, that ever really like came to mind. Um, like again, I didn't want to commit suicide. I didn't have any of those thoughts, but there were yeah. thoughts of, this is fucking a disaster. I was duped. <laughs> and yeah, um, like, I don't like you doing this. Like, right, right. Yeah, that's um, mm-hmm. Yes. And I think what's so unfortunate is um, I'm not going to get on a soapbox, but I think having a child is very difficult. And I think that the lack of care after someone gives birth, it's like, well, hands off. You had the baby. Bye. Um, is so what add in a pandemic and then like it's sure yeah and you know it was um you know I think that that whole system is just fucked up um but yeah that was I remember feeling that I was so thankful that I I mean there's only four or five women that would ever show up at that postpartum support group um and you could bring your babies you know and stuff like that it was it was helpful even just to be in a room of people who are like man I'm just this is hard. I am not feeling it. I mean, that was, it was very, very helpful. Yeah. Well, and also it has to be helpful because like you mentioned one, there's not a lot of aftercare on the medical side once you've had a baby. And then there's so much emphasis, I think on society or like pressure put on women that it's like, oh, this is the most wonderful thing. And you have, you just love this baby and are just like in this like world of bliss. And if you say, if you say anything against that, then people look at you as like ungrateful or how could you say this? And so then I think people don't necessarily share the hard, but by not sharing it, it continues to perpetuate this like false narrative that like everything's great and easy. So Yeah, I think you're always, or for me, I was always like mindful that there are a lot of people that would want to be in this position. And it wasn't that I didn't want to be in it. Like I'm, it was just that like my brain was messed up. (laughs) 
it sucked and it like skewed the experience I think um but yeah it's a good point that like even it's interesting like Katie and I right now it's like I didn't I know I don't really have memory we, we obviously suffered from very similar things but I don't remember helping each other through it really I mean being there as friends but like even when you're close it just feels very isolating and it just feels like I should be grateful. My kid is healthy. Other people's kids are not healthy. There are NICUs everywhere full of kids who can't go home. And like, I need to like figure this out. Like, that's what it feels like. It felt like for me, it was just like, you know, and I brought the pandemic thing up, but there was no support group. (laughs) There was no option. Like we weren't leaving our home. And then my husband went to work and it was like, well, (laughs) now what? Yeah. And, right. Yeah. So it's interesting though that we didn't even really lean on each other for that because it's just I think it speaks to how isolating it is. Well, and our kids are uh like your kid and my second kid are like are very close in age, really, when you think about it. Yeah. And so I would have just been like coming out of some of that like newborn neeness. Um, and I think I don't even think Jessica, when when you just said uh, a few moments ago about like how life just like would be easier <laughs> if I wasn't here. Um, I don't even think I remember ever saying that to you, like or hearing you say that. Yeah, it was scary. I told Casey, and then I think I got on meds like very soon after that. Was like, that is not the way I think. I'm not that that was just a very dark place I didn't like like I said I didn't want to hurt myself or anyone else but just that line of thought was like oh things are really off and this is not okay but I think too I mean I think that um it doesn't have to be that serious right like I don't even like a hundred percent remember having those thoughts but I just didn't feel good and I think you know if any woman is listening to this and they're about to have a kid or are just recently coming out of a kid, like, like have, like, maybe you have a counselor. Like, I mean, I was meeting with Sue during this whole thing. And I think she was pushing me along that path. And I was like, I just don't want to be on a pill. I just don't want to be on a pill. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, what the fuck is that? Like, if there's an opportunity for you to feel better, and I would encourage anybody, like, if you're open to it, just give it a shot. You don't have to be on it forever, but you could feel better. And like, you could maybe enjoy the newborn stage or the one-year-old stage or whatever it may be. Um, and I really did not like the newborn stage for either of my children, you know? And I think, again, when you tell parents and you see it all the time on Instagram or social media, like, oh, just, you know, newborn is hard. We'll just wait till they're two <laughs> or whatever it is. It's like each stage has its own hurdles, but as a new parent, even at having a second one, seeing that or hearing that it doesn't help. And so, you know, like my cousin, she recently had a baby and like, I text her a couple of times, like, how are you? And, and then fine. Great. And it's, and I'm like, well, I had a really difficult time and I hope that you're feeling great, but like, please know if you, you know, if you need the help, like I'm open to talk about it. Like I suffer from depression, blah, blah, blah. Um, so anytime I try to have, see a new mom who I at least have a texting relationship with, um, I try to be mindful of that because you can feel so alone. Again, it's just like the stigma of, um, addiction or whatever it may be. This is just another one of those things. And it shouldn't be. You said something, and I think it's important to like emphasize it, emphasize it. Um, when you said 
it doesn't even have to be like that serious, like to the point where you're thinking those thoughts of, oh, I don't want to be here. Um, and I think that it's important to remind people of that because too often you have this idea of like, oh, you have to be a certain level of bad to qualify for needing help or talking to a counselor. And, um, and you don't like, and you don't have to compare to everyone, to other people's stories. Like just because somebody might have it quote unquote worse off than you doesn't mean that things you're experiencing aren't bad and feel terrible for yourself. So I just want to revisit that. That's a good point. Um, so Katie, you said that this all came to light sort of in postpartum, but your youngest is almost four. So now how is it, how is the depression like showing up for you and how, like, is it something that you think is just, are there other life factors or is it something that you think you just kind of struggle with now? Or like, what are your thoughts around it? Yeah. After? So I, I think, I don't know. I think I don't necessarily want to test the waters of like, okay, my kid's almost four. Like I'm definitely out of postpartum. Um, you know, she can get her own snacks. She's potty trained. She's not in a crib. I mean, just all those kind of like new hard things um, we don't have. Um, but I kind of don't want to test the waters to like, cause now it's like, well, F it. I'm on a, I'm just on a pill. And if I need it, I need it. Um, so I kind of don't want to test the waters. Maybe, maybe one day, but like right now I don't feel like it's necessary. I don't feel any different. Like I don't have brain fog. It doesn't make me not be able to sleep. Like I don't feel any other side effects that would be like, yeah, you know what? I'm feeling a lot of brain fog and I've been wanting to try to get off. Like, I don't have any of those things. Um, say test the waters. You're saying you don't want to test the waters of trying to get off your medicine. Yeah. So you've been on medicine since you first got on it. Yes. And- Okay. Yeah. Correct. Um, I think the way, you know, uh, I do travel for work a bit and we went to Las Vegas and I never drink. Like I hardly ever drink because one, you're not supposed to drink on antidepressants, but two, I just know I've had experiences before where I have had like a beer or two and I was on my antidepressant medicine. And like the next three, four days, I feel like I'm in a hole. I have lived the worst life that has ever been lived. I am uh, short-tempered. I just want to be around no one. I mean, I feel awful. Like I f- actually feel like the pictures of like on the depression commercials look like, <laughs> like that's how I feel. Um, and I, I did recently go to Las Vegas and it's like, oh, you know, whatever. So I had a beer on Tuesday. I had a beer uh, or pina colada on Wednesday. And again, Beer, I felt buzzed, but I had been traveling all day. Pina colada, I felt nothing. It was just like a sweet drink. Um, but Thursday, I could not stop crying all oh. day. It was wild. And again, I didn't, I did not get drunk. I didn't like, even after the initial buzz of that beer wore off, like, like I was in a business meeting, <laughs> like I carried on conversation after that buzz wore away. So I didn't get drunk. And so I, I kind of would be surprised if I don't. I would be surprised if the alcohol really affected me that much. I guess I don't know how much is like a tolerable amount to drink alcohol to be on antidepressants or whatever, and it doesn't affect. Um, But I felt, I mean, it was, Thursday was like a really bad day. And um, like, I like didn't want to get out of bed. Like it was, it was a really, really bad day. And so 
I don't want to feel that feeling. And again, no pina colada or stupid beer is worth that feeling for me. Um, and so I know that about myself. And so now I'm like a little bit, even more like gun shy of like having a beer. Cause like, it's a thousand percent not worth it. Like I don't even, I like the taste of beer, but not, not that much, like not that much. Um, and I think, uh, so I am very open in general about hard things, I think, or that other things that people don't talk about. Um, again, I was at a, a business dinner and this woman said something about, do you want a glass of wine? I was like, nah, man, I'm fine. It like messes with my depression. And like, she like leaned over and she whispered, she was like, I am so proud of you. And I was like, I was like, what? And she was like, people don't say that people, don't, people don't talk about depression. And I was like, yeah, like to me, it's not a big deal. I have no shame in it anymore. Um, and she, it was cool to see her like, be like, oh my, like, Oh, like, and just whisk, come over and whisper. I don't know. Like, and I'm not yeah. trying to announce it at the fucking dinner table, but it's like alcohol fucks me up. I'm not going to touch it. Yeah. You said, um, you don't have any shame anymore. So you used to have shame around it. Right. How do you think, what has changed? I think, um, uh, you know, there's, uh, we are just not, I think the passing of my dad, the sudden passing of my dad has super affected my life. Uh, so my mom uh, was killed when I was 18. And so that was very sudden, had no idea. And then my dad died out of the blue um, a year and a half ago. And so I am just not on this earth long enough <laughs> to give a care about many things anymore. Like if I really take a step back and, um, you know, <laughs> at work. It's like, Oh, do I stay late at work? Because I really need to work on this project, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, let's, let's think about it. When I'm on my deathbed, am I really going to remember that I finished this PowerPoint to give it to my boss, uh, two days early or, or that it was three days late. I'm never going to remember that. I will. That's not something, you know, that's something I'm going to remember. So that that's where I kind of am with the life situation. It's like when things are, you know, sometimes Kim and gets worked up about things. <clears throat> and I'm like, take a step back. Like it really doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't matter. Like if you're happy and things are going okay, like that's, that's my space right now. Yeah. Speaking of Kim and, um, how does he like support you through this? And you mentioned like when you told him that one day, like you just can't stop crying and like, mm -hmm. this is what you're, you really truly feel all the time. Like, how does he handle those moments and, and what's it been like with your relationship? So he, um, like, doesn't know how to handle me because that's just not my normal or yeah. my typical. Um, so it's, it's awkward for both of us because <laughs> I don't know how to navigate it. He also doesn't know how to navigate it. So he, he tries, <laughs> but again, I also, I'm like, I'm crying a lot. I don't, I don't know. This is weird. So, yeah. yeah. So support group and counseling, we know Katie, you're in counseling. Like those are definitely two things that I'm guessing you would say help manage your depression. And we know that right. you're the medicine that's also helping. Are there like 
Is there anything else that you feel like you do that helps? Or like, if you're feeling kind of low, are there like, I don't know, are, are there like small joys in life or anything that kind of picks you up? Going like out to dinner with friends and it doesn't even have to be dinner, but like going on a walk with a friend or like that fills me up having like meaningful conversations because again, like I'm not going to dinner and we're not talking about, I got my ring polished last week. Like, that's just not what we're talking about. Like, like we are talking about like general or like, um, like who we are, like that, like fills my fucking cup. Like, I love that shit. I love that shit. That's what I do. Good. Yeah. I know that about myself. And now I just got to, um, I got to make more money so I can go out to dinner more (laughs) (laughs) or I just need to get, go on more walks or maybe not live in Indiana where it's cold as balls. Appreciate you guys talking with me about this. And, uh, you know, I I hope I, I do. I mean, I hope our podcast helps people in general, but like, this is kind of like a different side thing of like, um, you know, depression. I think, I think it's a big topic, uh, that not a lot of people want to share about. Um, and I'm, I'm here for it. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, Please rate, review, subscribe. We love seeing those reviews and keep coming back. Thanks for spending time with us. We hope this story has helped you better navigate yours. Don't forget to subscribe so we can meet you here next time. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the love by rating or reviewing. Need more support? Join our online community by visiting us at boyproblemspod.com. Whatever you do, keep coming back. We're not licensed professionals. We're here to share our lived experience. So take what resonates and leave what doesn't.